Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Okay, that was awesome. Before, before we jump in, I love, I love the story of Jacob. And uh, that, that one bit there talks about how Jacob wrestled with God on Mount Peniel is what it's called. And he's wrestling with God all night. At one point, God dislocates his hip, but he doesn't tap out. And I want you to think about this. In difficult moments, difficult seasons, you've got two options. You're either going to tap or you're going to keep wrestling, keep fighting with God until you walk away blessed. Jacob says, God, I'm not tapping out. I'm not letting go until you bless me. So in those difficult moments, in those difficult seasons, when you're tested, you got to decide, am I going to tap out or am I going to hang on long enough to walk away blessed? But uh, let's wake up a little bit. Good day, long day. All right, but let's see if your, your word wave abilities have improved. All right, so this time we're going to start, we're going to go front to back. All right, so front row, I'm trusting you, Okay. Ready? Everybody in the back, if you have no clue what this is, you're just going to have to catch on fast. All right, ready? Let's see. On the count of 13. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Go. Oh, remember I said yesterday, who are, the, who are the jerks in the stadium that don't complete the wave? Guys. That's right. That's right. Hey, hey, wait. Hey, 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 hey. We show grace. We show grace. We're going we're gonna to have them start it now. We're going to have them start it. All right, loosen up, loosen up. Okay, back to front, back to front. Word, the word, word. Yeah, the word, word, because we're about to get into the word. Yeah, yeah, okay. On the count of 37, one, two, 37, go. Word, hey. Okay. Yeah. Guys are getting better. I'm going to have you masters of this by the end of the week. All right, guys, I'm excited to jump in. Um, I have this little clicker to go through the slides, and what's really awkward is to have my own clicker, and the first slide is my face. That, I'm not comfortable with that, um, so I'm going to go back. But, uh, guys, I'm excited to jump in. Yesterday, where we started is we needed to start by kind of challenging what are we coming into the week expecting, right? And we talked about there's a difference between knowledge and belief, that knowledge being the facts and information that we receive, it can change how we view some things, but belief, the thing that we decide to place our trust in, place our confidence in, what we decide to believe in is what changes how we live. And we talked about how this week, I'm hoping to give you some new information, some new knowledge to take and wrestle with. But if you're not willing to open yourself up up to the belief that God has you here this week for something, then we weren't really going to get anywhere. And I hope and pray that you've wrestled with God on that and you've hopefully come to a conclusion that God just might have something in store for you. But where we concluded our time in asking this question, and we looked at the gospel of Mark, and then we also looked at John, is that everybody had an opinion on who Jesus was, but it comes down to who you say he is. And the reason that's so crucial is because Jesus has a thing or two to say about freedom. The Bible has a thing or two to say about freedom as we pursue it, as we seek it, and hopefully we find it. But where we landed yesterday is that freedom ultimately is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. So we 
have defined freedom, but what we need to do tonight is start to redefine it. We need to start to redefine it. And I introduced you guys to, uh, at least I showed you some pictures of my wife and kids. And I want to tell you a quick story about our oldest son, Elliot. When he was a baby, my wife and I, we have this, uh, in our old house, we had this kind of porch living room area that was right off of our kitchen. And it was closed in with a, uh, a sliding glass door. And we would hang out there all the time. But especially as our son Elliot started to be able to crawl and then walk, if we needed to take care of something, you know, my wife and I, we'd be out there and we'd be sitting on the couch or playing with Elliot. He'd be crawling around the room and we had that room completely baby proof. And it was nice because we could just close the sliding glass door and we could hang out there in there and knew he was safe. But if one of us needed to go out, we would go open the door, step out and shut it behind us. And it wasn't until... Elliot saw my wife or I leave that he then noticed the, the boundaries and the limits placed on him. It wasn't until he saw us leave the room that he started complaining about the limits. So I want you to think about this idea, the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. And I wonder, has there been times in your life when you've seen someone do something and it's got you into this position of, yeah, why can't I do that? And once you see someone go outside of the quote-unquote boundaries, go outside the limits, you start to wonder, well, why am I stuck in this place? So our idea of freedom, what we believe about freedom, it can get bent out of shape. It can get twisted. So we need to redefine it. And the way that we're going to do that, do that through the rest of this week is we are going to basically cover the, a full summary of Scripture. But it starts by understanding our premise. What is the beginning of this story all about? So I do, I want to dig in to the beginning of Genesis and talk about how we came to be. Why is it we have a God who decides to define freedom the way that he does? We're going to figure that out. We're going to discover that together. So like I said, guys, if you have a Bible with you, I strongly encourage you to start bringing it to our times together to have the, the word of God in your hands is so incredibly powerful. But Genesis 1 Verses one through five, let's read this together. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, I mentioned to you guys yesterday, I want to pause there for a second. I mentioned to you guys yesterday That this book, 2 Timothy talks about how it is breathed out by God, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And in Psalm 33, verse 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were formed by his breath, all their starry hosts. So by the simple word of God, the breath of God, galaxies come shooting out of the mouth of God at 186,000 miles a second, speed of light. That in one second, light travels 186,000 miles. And God says light and galaxies are shooting out of the mouth of God. Light is shooting out of the mouth of God, an insane power. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning on the first day. Now, guys... As much as I would love to, 
we've got some important things that we need to cover. So we're not going to be able to read the entire creation account, but I strongly encourage you, if you've never done it, to go through and read and study Genesis 1 and 2 and see this story unfold and how you and I came into existence and you start to get a picture of why we're here and what this is all about. But here's what's so incredible about this. And to give you guys a quick summary, on day one, we have light on day two, basically, is our atmosphere is being formed. Day three, dry ground and plants are being formed. Day four, the sun, moon, and stars. So that's that breathed out by God moment. Day five, birds and sea creatures. Day six, land, animals, and humans. And then day seven is the Sabbath it's referred to. It's the day of rest. Now, one of the things that I personally, I love to do is I love to do woodworking and carpentry. And there's several different pieces around my wife and I's home that I have built. And I, I, I have such great satisfaction when I finish a piece, but probably uh, my favorite piece, but it's probably the simplest because all it is is a piece of one by 10, just a, a thin piece of wood cut down to exactly seven feet tall, and then I measured it, stenciled it, I used a wood burner, and I made a ruler to mark the height of our kids as they've grown. So now we have the heights of our kids, get, you know, rather than marking up a wall in the house, we can just kind of move that around. But I've made these different pieces, but I, I didn't bring that piece of wood into existence. I altered it. But like I said, on day, on day four, when God breathes out the sun, moon, and stars. The way in which God created all of these things, the light, the atmosphere, the birds, is he breathes them into existence. So there's, there are these two Latin words, fiat and ex nihilo. Fiat means he commands. God willed our universe into existence. Fiat, he commanded it, and ex nihilo, it came out of Nothing. Now, you may have taken a wood shop class, or maybe you went over to the craft shop today and you have made something. You put paint to a piece of wood or to one of those little plastic stained glass things, or you did the, the beads and you, you melted with the, the iron, or whatever it's called, and somebody made a hippo that looked like a turtle, or it was a turtle that looked like a hippo. There you are. It was a turtle. I know it was a turtle. <laughs> But you may have gone to the craft shop and made something, but have you ever created something out of nothing? We don't have that ability. But this is my favorite part of the story because it speaks so much to the love and value that God places on each and every one of you, that God places on me. It's, oh, guys, I love this. This is so cool. Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 5. Check this out. Oh, this is awesome. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not yet caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land, and was watering the whole face of the ground. Look at this. I love this. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Here's why I love this so much is that in this sequence, in this moment of creation, as God is breathing things into existence, he is commanding the universe into existence out of nothing. And then on day six, he pauses 
And when it's time for him to make you and I, for when it's time for him to make men, he gets hands on. Ephesians talks about how we are his workmanship, and that Greek word for workmanship means skill. And some of you, I need you, I need you to hear this. And guys, please, throughout the week, if you see your neighbor starting to starting to nod off a little bit, go feel free to like give him a little, little nudge. All right? But guys, I need I need your eyes on me. I need your eyes on me for this next moment. Okay, you don't need to write this down. If you want to, you can after the fact. But I need you to look into my eyes because I need you to hear me. It is not possible. The way in which God has created mankind, it is not possible in God's power and perfection that you ever were and you will never be a mistake. You have never been and will never be a mistake in his perfect power as he gets hands on with creation to create mankind and breathes life into you. I beg you never to have the audacity to claim as if he messed up on you. That is not possible. You have never been and will never be a mistake. God has created you on purpose and with a purpose. But listen, as we try to process this fact, and where, does, where is our place in creation? How does it fit? And where does this concept of freedom come into play? Well, let's double back for a second here. Freedom is what? The power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Now, in the beginning, when God creates, he creates Adam and Eve. He places them in a place called the Garden of Eden, and it is perfect. It is perfect without flaw. So in that perfection, God establishes a couple of things, and this is the part that makes it interesting is in that perfection, God gives man a job to do. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. So in perfection, man had a job to do. In that perfection, in that structure in the Garden of Eden, there was a job to do and... There were rules to follow. Genesis 2, 16 through 17. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So wait a second. I thought freedom, at least this is how the world defines freedom. The world defines freedom as the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. So, Pastor Brennan, are you saying that God created man without freedom? No. But along the way, the world has jacked up God's definition of freedom. That's what we're trying to redefine and rediscover. 
That's what we start, we need to start to understand. So let's check this out. What is, if freedom for me means hindrance, no, no hindrance, no restraint, well, what, what does that mean? Hindrance, a thing that provides resistance, delay, or obstruction to something or someone. See, the story about my son Elliot being out in that playroom, he didn't recognize that he had something. He didn't have a, he didn't recognize he didn't have an, an obstruction. He had that sliding glass door obstructing his ability to roam around the house and stick his finger in an outlet or try and drink from the toilet. I don't know. Toddlers are weird, man. Our one-year-old, I kid you not, we have to keep all the bathroom doors shut. It is strange. I love him to death, but I don't know what his obsession is with the toilet. But a thing that provides resistance, delay, or obstruction to something or someone. My son didn't realize that there was an obstruction in his path until he saw my wife and I go right around it. And then he started to get frustrated. So freedom, at least how the world defines it, means I shouldn't have anything holding me up, slowing me down. And then a restraint, a measure or condition that keeps someone or something under control or within limits. Okay, so we have a hindrance, resistance, delay, or obstruction. And then we have resistance, measure condition that keeps someone or something under control or within its limits. Just go with me here, guys. But the definition of freedom is there's no hindrance or restraint. So here's the problem. If in the perfection of the Garden of Eden as man and woman are placed in there with a job to do, with rules to follow, that does not sound like my idea of freedom. A job to do and rules to follow is not my ideas of freedom. Even yesterday, we were joking about, you know, what is your idea of freedom? Not having chores, not having homework, not being limited on screen time. But here's what we need to do. This was the definition of freedom we got yesterday. Now we have to redefine it. The problem is, is God doesn't think the way we do. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, it talks about how his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. See, he is a bigger picture of what this world is supposed to be. He is a grander view of your life and mine. And he can see what's coming for us down the road. So here's what we need to understand, is that God desires us to live in freedom, but God's freedom does not mean a world without limits. God's definition of freedom does not mean no limits. Well, okay, so then what does it mean? Well, there's the reason I asked you this question yesterday, asking, you know, what is it you know about God? What is it you believe about God? I gave you that quote. Anybody remember the guy's name? I heard it from Spaghetti, but I want to see if a camper knows it. Any campers remember the guy's name? 
the quote yesterday. Does anybody remember, anybody remember what the quote was? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna buy you, uh, if a camper's got this, I'm gonna buy you ice cream. If, you, if, you, if you're in the ballpark. No, 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 what the quote was. If you remember what the quote was. You got it? If you're in the ballpark, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Anybody? A.W. Tozer. I'm going to give you the first, the single most important thing about you. Ah! Oh, oh, Z, you started to give it away. Come on. The quotes, the quote from A.W. Tozer. The single most important thing about you is what you believe about God because it reshapes everything else in your life. It reshapes everything else in your life. So what does God have to say about freedom? Well, guys, as we read our Bibles in English, I need you to understand something. The English language is, is, is I'm not going to lie, it's pretty stupid. Um, preach. But guys, when we process the Bible simply in English, it is fantastic and God changes our lives through it. But you can go so much deeper. You can go so much deeper. In the original language of the Bible, the Old Testament was Hebrew, the New Testament was Greek. So when we talk about freedom, it's a pretty simple word. Well, we're starting to learn it's actually pretty complex. But I want you to check this out. The Greek word for freedom is aletheria. Aletheria. <laughs> Aletheria is the word we define as freedom. But it doesn't actually mean I am free. It means I am being set free. A freeborn, one who is not bound, one who is not a slave. The Hebrew is even more complicated. It's choshi. Yeah, Hebrew, Hebrew is that weird language where it sounds like you're like hocking up a loogie every time you say something. But the Hebrew word choshi, it means to manumit. That's actually an English word. That's a $5 word right there. But what it means is to be set free. So, guys, here's our new definition. The world says freedom means I can do what I want without hindrance or restraint. The Bible says your freedom is something I'm bringing to you. So you're telling me I wasn't born free? Yeah, you weren't. You were not born free. You have been enslaved. You have been bound. You have been chained up. And whether you recognize it or not, you've had experiences throughout your life where you just feel like you can't get ahead. And even in that dance, that video, times when it seems like I just want to make the right choice, but I can't. What's holding me back? What's hindering me? What's restraining me? That's for tomorrow night. So y'all come back now, you hear? But guys, shh, let's pray together. Let's pray together. We'll wrap up.
Father, I praise you and I thank you so much for the fact that you are a all-powerful, star-breathing God. And not only that, you have breathed out your word and made it available to us that we can learn more about you, that we can know you, and hopefully come to believe in you. In our whole lives, we've been getting these definitions of how we're supposed to live and these ideas of of what life is supposed to be like from the world, but now we need to start shifting our focus on what you say this life should be like. Because the world says freedom means I can do whatever I want. But God says, no, 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 you're not free, not yet. But I'm going to bring freedom to you. And God, I thank you that you are faithful to do that. Lord, would you continue working in us, continue reshaping what we believe, help us to question what it is we already know about the world so we can be open to what you would have for us. We love you, we praise you, we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.